Ah, hello, and welcome to Thursday Night Cocktail Hour on Mr. D's Twitter Spaces. I'm, of course, Red Hawk. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if anybody knows uh, D's Twitter Spaces, uh, you'll see that this uh, panel of people isn't exactly a uh, a strange sight to see on uh, D's Twitter account. But no, we are here once again for another episode of Pony Express Radio. I am, of course, Mr. Red Hawk. And for first on a Pony Express Radio episode, I'm out, I am outnumbered. We have guests. They've taken over this stream. They've they've come in and they've invaded. But you know, we are always happy to have our friends on the show. First, making his triumphant uh, debut on uh, Pony Express Radio and sporting a very um, patriotic avatar is uh, Mr. D. How are you, sir? Well, how are y'all doing, my fellow Americans? <coughs> that's that's as good as I can do. Um, yeah, hello, uh, Hillary Clinton, um, when she was on the campaign trail. <laughs> I ain't no ways tired. Uh, I think I think is what she said before she pulled out a bottle of hot sauce and and slashed away and defended uh, the defended the patriotic right of Americans to do whatever whatever it is that Hillary Clinton supporters do. Hello, Red Hawk. Thank you for inviting me. It's an honor and a privilege to be here. Um, and uh, yeah, wonderful. Yeah, we're uh, we're happy to have you, D. You know, on the subject of uh, Hillary Clinton, it just came into my mind. Can you imagine if she played more to the to the crowd in the South during that election when she said something to the effect of uh, Pokemon go to Shiloh or something like that, like go to the battlefield. (laughs) Can you imagine? Uh, Anywho, uh, we are joined as well by Mr. Michael Pohl, who's also making his first appearance on Pony Express Radio. How are you, sir? Oh, it's, uh, it's going great. Um, I don't, I don't think we've uh, talked really since uh, the last shieldings event. Um, but uh, no, I, I'm doing well. Uh, work was easy today, you know, so that's always good. Uh, that's always good. So, but thank you for having me on. Yeah, indeed. And then uh, making his return to the show is uh, Hunger the Dime Merchant. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm doing great. It's it's always great to be back on Pony Express Thursday. Yes, of course. Um, all right, gentlemen. So we're going to jump into our first story uh, of the evening here. But before we do that, we must talk about two things. One, we will make an announcement once again that the Old Glory Club Conference is uh, being held this year uh, down in the Memphis, uh, Tennessee area. And the weekend is coming up soon, so you better get your tickets. It is the weekend of June 7th, 8th, and 9th. So please uh, get your tickets now. Go to theoldgloryclub.com where you can purchase your tickets. You can get a a single ticket, which is a little bit more expensive, where you keep the room to yourself. Or you can get a double ticket where you share a room with somebody. Please come on down. Meet uh, myself, Charlemagne, Prudentialist, uh, Stephen Carson. uh, Enjoy great talks from uh, Oran McIntyre, John Doyle. Uh, our good friend, Mr. Jeff Dice, the whole team is going to be there. So definitely come on down. We'll be happy to have you. And uh, first, we must talk about the conclusion of Steve Saylor Month. It's a leap year here uh, today. So we got an extra day of uh, Steve Saylor Month, and we're going to make the best of it here at the Old Glory Club. So here we go with Mr. Saylor once again, bringing us the power of noticing. And this time we're talking about, you know, I'm, uh, women in the workforce and also uh, many other hilarious topics and such. You know, uh, there were also topics going around earlier this week about I'm a sailor bringing up the uh, the SAT statistics uh, once again, and how we're not allowed to have uh, standardized tests uh, anymore and such. But, you know, it, it's it's always interesting uh, seeing the great noticer uh, pop off on uh, Twitter. Um, I forget who it was. There was somebody who uh, was on the show. It was Pete. It was Pete Quinones uh, actually got blocked uh, by old Steve Saylor here. Uh, do you guys on the panel have any uh, favorite Steve Saylor moments, uh, as it were? You know, it's a fantastic month to uh, be recognizing the man and his work. 
Uh, I'd probably say uh, there was one where he popped off under uh, Tariq Nasheed, I believe. I think I think uh, I, I'm trying to remember the context, but that that one I remember it making me belt out laughing, but I can't remember exactly what he said. It was something, you know, Tariq Nasheed. He says, you know, silly, ridiculous things, you know, uh, history that doesn't uh, exist ever on any timeline. And uh, yeah, so that that was my favorite Steve Staler moment. Indeed. I mean, I just find it so funny right here because uh, <laughs> the response here about could it possibly be that women are just outperforming men in all of these, uh, you know, tests and same thing with the minorities? Could it not be that? No, it absolutely could not be. It's definitely because <laughs> uh, it is absolutely not that they are doing so much better than everybody else. We know this at this point. I remember we um we covered the story. It was like a it was either New York Post or New York Times. I forget which one it was. Uh, a couple months back, where they did the report on how many of the like Fortune 500 companies hired uh, their staff in the wake of um, the St. Floyd riots. It's like 98% uh, people of color that they were hiring. You know, yeah, totally, totally emergent behavior. No coincidences uh, detected. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. Yeah, indeed. Which uh, is going to tie into our uh, first story uh, of the evening here about the Michigan primary. So um, we don't need to talk about uh, Mr. Saylor much longer. Definitely uh, people follow him and you should follow him on Twitter. He's a fun follow. Um, I, I'm just impressed that Mr. Saylor notices um, my favorite pet topic, which is just hating on women. So I didn't know. I, I thought he only noticed a, a, a certain things. I didn't know. I didn't know that he was like a broad spectrum noticer. So that's oh, good. he's he's a noticer of uh, of all the numbers, uh, indeed. Um, but uh, speaking of uh, hating on women, D, your favorite pastime, uh, what do you think of this woman, old uh, Nevada? Ah, the worst, <laughs> the worst. I mean, and speaking of Hillary Clinton, I mean, I, if you had to think of a, of a woman that's worse than Hillary Clinton, you would you would have a difficult time unless you were given this picture, and then you would say, <laughs> ah, I know one. Yeah, but she's so bad. Uh, you know, it, it really... Nobody thought it could possibly be any worse as it relates to female politicians when you got to Hillary Clinton or Kamala Harris. But Nimrata Haley is just running in as fast as she can, begging to be the top spot on that list of horrible female politicians. Has this pick woman me, ever had me. an original idea ever? I, I Like, what is her appeal? I don't get it. Aside from being brown, like that's it. Like, There's a very weird contingent of like the of like Republicans who are like, I love seeing strong women. You know, it's probably oh the same people God. who like who love like I don't know, licking women's abs or something like that. There's probably a lot of overlap. Well, it's like the same thing with everyone uh, simping for uh, Tulsi again because she was on uh, camera once uh, shooting some guns, and then uh, I saw people breaking down the entire uh, outfits she was wearing and how um, some of her magazines for the sidearm she was carrying were uh, positioned the wrong direction on her vest. You know, so it's like, okay, come on. <laughs> I think that that's something. Uh... Uh, the thing about Hillary Clinton, you know, and, and, and women of that ilk is is at least they don't make any bones about hating you. I mean, the problem of, with Nimrata is is that she's meant to be on, quote, your side, you know, which which makes it worse because and, and like you, Redhawk, I, I, I mean, I've heard about her for years and I've never understood like what I mean, the, the first thing I remember, like, you know, that she did some years ago was was to remove the um remove the stars and bars from uh from the uh from from her state 
um, from uh, what was it? Um, yeah, the state capital in South Carolina. I guess they had the um, the stars and bars flag was positioned uh, under the uh, South Carolina flag at the state house for for forever. And she just said, you know, it was time to put the Confederate flag away. Like was her exact quote. And there also was this whole thing at the time. I know this because the 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 fucking chick that actually did it. There was a some black woman who was briefly in the limelight for like five minutes before uh, BLM really took off. And she like scaled the pole and climbed up it and then tore the flag down as she was climbing up the thing, kind of like a Spider-Man or something like that. And I remember because I was in college at the time and she gave like a college tour of, uh, you know, the United States of America. And if I went there and wrote an essay about it, I got extra credit. So I remember sitting in and listening to this insufferable bitch, you know, uh, talk about destroying history of her state. So, yeah, I remember that was the first thing they got uh, Nimrata on the map here. But I mean, are there any unique policy positions? Is there anything new? Anything like uh, there's just nothing original here, uh, you know? I mean, I no, suppose I mean, it's is... notable that she she hates her she hates her her own constituents more than I mean, even more than like Mitt Romney did. So I, I suppose that's notable, you know. Well, Mitt Romney was also a carpetbagger, was he not? Was he? Uh... Yes, of course. Had, had a stint a, a stint as uh, as, as um, governor of Massachusetts, believe it yeah. or not. But oh, yeah, quite, yeah, that's right. Quite a number of years. Yeah, so yeah, I think that's understandable. You know, you don't have any ties to, to that community, whereas I don't think Nimrata is it. Well, she's a carpetbagger in another sense, which is, you know, uh, she's got to go back. Um, uh, call center, <laughs> uh, as Prude says, uh, call center uh, uh, Hillary Clinton has got to go back. Um, but I did want to actually talk a little bit about the numbers coming out of Michigan because I, I took some time today to actually uh, dive in and uh, look at the turnout and the percentages and kind of get what is at least the mainstream storyline for uh, Michigan. And the story really starts with the Democratic primary side with uh, Biden, uh, low turnout this year, uh, only about uh, 800,000 people turned out. Uh, but... Uh, you also had uh, about 13% on the whole uh, vote for uncommitted in the Democratic primary. And this was due uh, mostly to uh, a, uh, a listen to Michigan campaign that was uh, glommed onto by Rashida Tlaib, by Beto O'Rourke, and a bunch of, uh, a bunch of different uh, more progressive uh, shit lib, uh, you know, hangers on. Uh, in order to, to uh, I guess, be the squeaky wheel to try to get uh, the ball moving towards a pro-Palestine direction for the regime. And so, you know, it, here comes bog beef and, uh, you know, here comes the uh, the rest of the, uh, 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 the patronage cycle crew, you know, all the patronage cycle saying where it's like, ah, of course, this is actually uh, an attempt to actually uh, twist the arm to get what they want. It's not actually about the electoral politics that's going to happen at the end of the year. This is more about, hey, we're sending you a clear signal of what we want in order to establish the patronage cycle between the two. So I thought that was a, a very interesting storyline uh, uh, that kind of came out of Michigan. Yeah, Red Hawk, you probably know this more than I would. Um, Dearborn, Michigan, is that that's in Wayne County? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so for so for people for people who don't know, uh, Dearborn, Michigan, is a is a very infamous place. Um, well, first of all, it's the it's the birthplace of uh, a Mr. Henry Ford, 
a very based Mr. Henry Ford. That's his birth town. Yeah. But uh, it's also home to the largest Muslim and Arab uh, city and community by percentage. Maybe even in total numbers. Maybe maybe New York has. Yeah, more. I think uh, the percentage. I think the only one that gives it a run for its money is uh, Minneapolis at this point um, with all the Somalis. Yeah. But carry on hunger. Yeah, no, it has the highest concentration of uh, of Arab and Muslim uh, population. So uh, it it is it is no surprise that uh, this is a that uh, this campaign had a big impact. You know, Biden only won Michigan in 2020, I believe, by it was like 100, 100 150,000 votes. Yeah, they're about. And, uh, yeah, and Dearborn is a, is a significant town. It's 100,000 people, you know, in total population. That's like 70%, you know, Arab and or Muslim. So, yeah, this is this is definitely a, a signal to the, yeah. to the regime on this one issue. Indeed. I don't know what it is. Maybe they have like some kind of sick fantasy or something about uh, landing all these um, Middle Easterners of all stripes into like the northern climates and the cold parts of the country. Uh, you know, I don't know what it is about them, but they always drop them in those places. You know, I was talking to our own uh, Prudentialist uh, about this, but like, you know how the southern border has issues with um, uh, Mexicans all over the place. Uh, it's crazy how in the northern parts of our country, they're just swarmed with people from the Middle East. And it's like, well, I mean, they certainly didn't walk here, so they were intentionally uh, put in those places. But the uh, actually the mayor of Dearborn um, actually even took out a piece in the uh, New York Times uh, last week uh, talking about this. And, of course, the guy's name is uh, Abdulhala Hamoud. So, uh, you know, that, that, that's a very uh, American name right there for you. And, and to make a long story short, they're basically uh, pissed off about the Biden administration continuing to uh, support the certain group with their um, so-called uh, genocide uh, in the Middle East here of the uh, Palestinians. You know, I mean, of course, you know, uh, us on the this channel have talked much about how neither side is a friend uh, to America and we should just not be involved in this conflict in any way, shape or form. And uh, we wish that uh, the United States would not back either side, but, you know, we're forced to care about it. And so much so that we have a large enough uh, demographic uh, that it's potentially going to affect uh, Democrat elections because they have ethnic interests involved with something going on 3000 miles away. And we will and remember Michigan is a very important swing state for the for the for every election going forward. Right. It's I don't think that's going to play in at the general because the the uncommitted protest vote uh, definitely, in my opinion, has more to do with um, sending a signal to, uh, you know, the head patrons of of that side of the aisle more so that I, I don't think that Wayne County is going to to vote massively uh, red uh, that. I just don't think it's going to happen in the general um, uh, on the flips or I, I did want to go back to the numbers. So uh, by percentage, the, the County that did have the, uh, the highest protest uh, uncommitted vote was Wayne County. So it's a, it's looking like it's uh, that way. I mean, we saw this, uh, what was it? Three or four weeks ago when Rashida Tlaib uh, or, uh, or no, it was Ilhan Omar said that, uh, uh, you know, in order to uh, to best advocate for uh, uh, the interests of Somalia, we have to, uh, we, you know, we have to basically bring that mindset to uh, to politics here. And so, you, you know, it's quite clear that this is the it's it's not subterfuge on any level. It's actually the stated policy to bring ethnic interest, uh, you know, into the machine politics of the DNC. Yeah, I mean, this is this is an absolute tragedy, and I and Mike, I hundred percent agree. It's not going to swing any 
it's not going to swing any counties. But what it will do is it'll suppress, you know, the it'll suppress the voting, the voter numbers. You know, like I said, Trump only needed, you know, 100,000, 150,000 votes to win Michigan, you know, officially, given all the other. Um, uh, Idiosyncrasies. Yeah, the question yeah. marks, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility that this will have this will be a big swing issue that will keep people at home. Well, what I see with this as well is that this is just a basically a cry for more Gibbs is essentially what it is. It's like you see what we could potentially do. So give us more Gibbs and uh, and we'll back off is essentially what it is. And in, uh, in my opinion, um, this group of people is still going to vote for huge swaths uh, for the left. You know, you could definitely have a potential for a number of them, you know, sitting this one out and staying home and such. But, you know, there's still a lot of questions up in the air as it relates to uh, what goes on in November itself. But it is interesting. You know, I mean, never interrupt your enemy when they're making a mistake. Right. So we'll right. we'll see uh, if this continued uh, infighting uh, with the left. Uh, we'll see what they do. Uh, but D, uh, any comments here, sir? Um. No, I, I'm not particularly well versed on the politics. I actually ha have a friend who who is from uh, who is from a place called Gross Point, which is apparently sort of a, a Tony well-to-do, or at least it was. Um, yeah, it still is. It's, yeah, it's still a very rich area. Okay, um, but uh, you know, and of course, you know, I mean, as has been said, uh, you know, it's been uh, I think a quite obvious strategy to 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 sort of seed these especially difficult populations of foreigners all over the you know um certain certain areas of the united states certainly you see it in new england as well i mean have happened in maine of all places you know in, including a lot of somali a lot of somalis <laughs> placed in rural uh, rural maine as well which, which is you know again just absolutely absurd but um and of course you know i mean it, 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 you're exactly right it's they're going to bring ethnic interests and of and of course, they're going to bring their cultural um, norms of, and the way of the way of doing things, including conducting politics, which uh, is rather more brutal in certain parts of the world. So, um, you know, yeah, I, well, I don't know what I, I don't me, know what's uh, going to happen. I, I can't me, imagine any of these people voting for Trump, really. So. No, no, I can't either. But let me ask you this, um, uh, D, because uh, as a guy who knows quite a bit uh, about the entire like Midwest region of the country, of course. Um, I have a question here. So in uh, like the United Kingdom and such, has it come to a point where there's like spots in London where they'll play like the Islamic call to prayer uh, yet, like over the loudspeakers? Is that a thing oh, yet? Oh, oh, absolutely. No, absolutely. You, 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 you can hear it ringing out in, in many places, you know, not, not, not only London, but uh, you know, um, no, many, many cities. It's, it's certainly, it's certainly, um, certainly filled the air so uh no it, it is a situation that you know that i am sadly familiar with and you know and, and, and uh from 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 being in both places now of course i you know and, and i'm old enough and and traveled around the united states uh many years ago um and going to places in wisconsin going to um you know to uh, minnesota and I remember, of course, it was a very, it was a very different place. You know, I, of course, always had the impression of these places being, you know, uh, be, being populated by, you know, sort of Scandinavian stock, German old stock, you know, that sort of thing, the traditional demographics of, 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 of that region of, of, of America. But, uh, uh, but no, it's, uh, you know, weirdly, uh, weirdly now much more familiar to someone who is, 
who's used to these demographic changes in the UK. Yeah, I bring that up because uh, in this area uh, that we were just discussing in Dearborn, um, they have this as well. The uh, Islamic call to prayer uh, rings out from a couple of the mosques and you can hear it on the loudspeakers and as well, uh, the shops in the area, instead of written in, you know, like Spanish, like some areas you'd see in El Paso or something uh, in that area, they're written in either Farsi or Arabic or Orduk or whatever the, you know, myriad of languages are uh, from that region of the world. But, you know, it's uh, it's not English and uh, it's certainly a problem. Yes, and, and you you know you will begin to see. I mean, in fact, I, I've I've seen it. You know, certainly in New York City, um, e even in Manhattan, there there are places where, you know, at a cer certain times of day, you know, in sort of, um, uh, I, I remember a place below Canal Street, which is sort of traditionally uh, was part of kind of Chinatown, uh, where you will find dozens and dozens of men from that area of the world washing their feet and and, uh, and putting out their prayer mats and. So that that is certainly something you could see in these enclaves, um, I'm sure, uh, as well. So uh, you know, again, you 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 know, it, it's 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 not something that's going to slide by unnoticed. Uh, it, it tends to be it tends to call quite a lot of attention to itself. But uh, but eventually, you know, you will not be the you cannot cohabitate in these areas. You you know, people will people people not of this new cultural force will be will be driven away. Um, yeah, absolutely. Now, if we actually get into the uh, real numbers here from the actual uh, Michigan primary on the uh, Republican side, uh, as to be expected, especially after uh, Nikki Haley uh, lost again uh, in her home state of uh, South Carolina to Trump, what made her think that uh, things would be any better uh, when she went to a different state. But of course, uh, she got her uh, teeth kicked in uh, once again. Donald Trump carried it, of course, with almost 70 percent of the vote. No surprise at all. Uh, for some reason, almost a thousand people voted for Chris Christie still for some stupid reason. <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe wow. they just like randomly circled a name or something. Yeah, I don't know. No, they're, 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 they're all owners of, 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 of pizza parlors and hamburger joints. You know? they're, <laughs> yeah, exactly. they're, his, they're his loyal followers. I, think. I don't know. I, I just, I, I, it's so bizarre. It was such a strange Republican field this year. Like a, that Asia Hutchinson guy, like I'd never even heard of him before this. And he's like, oh, I could be president. <laughs> Very yeah, much he was pro trans he was he was pro trans surgery you know he yeah. was pro uh pro all of that shit mm -hmm. the now, worst the worst lineup of people uh that i certainly ever remember in american yeah it was bad world. yeah it was really bad i mean there were definitely some stinkers in um, uh, 2016 and in 2020 on the dem side but man like just everyone sucked except trump like there wasn't even someone even remotely close like like in 2016 you could kind of get behind i don't know like the the gentleman qualities of somebody like Ben Carson or something like at least he seemed like a decent guy or uh, like at least like Ted Cruz at least back then hadn't shown us that he was like a complete cock yet but you know like nowadays like just everyone is just absolutely awful yeah I, mean, I even will Rand say Paul. yeah that's yeah. right that was Rand Paul yeah I, I will say the most interesting out the Republican side of the primaries uh, is definitely the uh, the county numbers for me uh, you know 68.1% to 26.6% with like, you know, less than, you know, 2% left to left account as of right now. Uh, but uh, so for instance, Wayne County, the county that we were talking about before more on the Democratic side in the in the 
uh, interesting storyline with uh, the ethnic politics playing into the machine politics of Michigan more generally, uh, landed directly on what the totals were. Uh, Trump won by 68, Haley lost by 26%. Landed exactly what the whole state on what the whole state uh, landed at. Mm. Uh, so that's interesting. Yeah, uh, even distribution all across is interesting. Yeah, uh, how many McCall- voters in that in that county? A hundred thousand or one hundred and seven thousand, about for the Republicans. Uh, for the Republicans, yeah. Uh, and Macomb County uh, looked uh, really great for Trump. We're talking about seventy-five percent of the vote, and that's uh, one hundred and five thousand right now. And then all of the counties under uh, uh, under a hundred thousand, you know, from then on out, you know, descending uh, by total votes. Uh, are all looking uh, pretty good, except for maybe Ingham County, which I'm not sure. Uh, that's close to Detroit, is it not? Yeah, basically uh, how Michigan is set up as a state is all of the uh, Democrat strongholds are on the bottom corners of the state. So on the western side, you have like Grand Rapids and Kalamazoo. Uh, in the center of the state towards the bottom is the capital of Lansing, and that's like a, a shitlib area. And then, of course, there's uh, Detroit in the whole uh, metro Detroit area. But you go north of any of those cities – uh, it's just nothing but, you know, open woods and giant pine forests. And it's just redneck country everywhere you go, much like many other Midwestern states. Yeah, that's the mm. story for every single county under uh, under that major interest story with, uh, you know, uh, Kent County being an underperformer. Uh, everything else is any, anywhere from mid 60s all the way up to uh, uh, high 70s, even 80. Uh, in Ogemaw, which is only 3,000 voters. So, you know, it, it's looking really solid, except for uh, key uh, key districts, like it, it it's always going to be when it hits the general. So, you know, say, uh, same thing as last year. You know, it's going to be, there's going to be some high interest uh, with uh, the mechanisms by which votes, uh, votes are cast in those counties. So uh, we're going to have to watch that come the general. Yeah, of course. And there was a bunch of uh, tomfoolery uh, that was going on in uh, 2020 as well, uh, as people will remember about what was going on uh, on the uh, election night that year. So we'll have to see if that uh, plays an effect uh, going into this year as well, which is like a sort of Damocles that is just basically over every American commentator's uh, mind on the uh, general election uh, for this year. And uh, I mean, we'll have to see, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people that are talking about, you know, the so-called uh, uh, chimp for Trump and such. I mean, we'll, <laughs> we'll see what ends up happening with that. I, I still remain skeptical, but we will see. Before we leave the topic of Michigan, um, I forgot to, I forgot to impress you with my knowledge of Michigan. So I own something called a Petoskey stone. Oh, do you? Yes. Oh, I mean, cool. because, we, because we went there. Uh, and I always remember the motto because it's so odd. If I'm not mistaken, it is if you seek a pleasant peninsula, look about you. Yep. That's true. Yay! I win. What yeah. do I win? What's my prize? You win the $64 question. Yeah. <laughs> no, of course, in politics, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is, is Michigan where, is that the state where the FBI plotted to kidnap the, the governor? <laughs> Yes, and then yes. like implicated a bunch of a, a bunch of poor saps in the yes, you know, in, and, um, in their plot. Yeah, our the governor, um, uh, uh, Gretchen Whitmer, was one of the worst ones during oh. the um, the COVID uh, fiasco, and she was yeah. uh, anchoring for a uh, a position in the Joe Biden cabinet. Uh, many people think, um, which is funny because uh, the previous governor, two governors before, 
uh, Jennifer Grandholm is actually now the uh, energy secretary of the Biden administration. So it's almost like, you know, oh. <laughs> Whitmer got overstepped and they went back uh, two governors. But uh, Whitmer actually won her reelection something like 60 40 uh, over the uh, challenger by a woman by the name of Tudor Dixon, you know, who what was a. Women? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tudor Dixon was a. She, uh, I remember writing a piece on her back when we first started uh, the Old Glory Club uh, Substack right around uh, the midterms time. Um, people could go back and see this piece, but I actually wrote about uh, Tudor Dixon in that piece because I was writing about how Republicans were doing nothing but putting women forth at that point, like Tudor Dixon, Carrie Lake, Christy Nome, you know, uh, all these women basically. Yeah. And Tudor Dixon is like a. She was like a D-list uh, Hollywood actress and then decided to turn to like conservative politics. And of course, you know, she's wet on so many issues, you know, like what do you expect? Right. But uh, but yes, it's the, only, so. it's the only way that uh, Republican women can can get wet. <laughs> Oof. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it, sorry, it's just sorry, so sorry. It, it's just so interesting how so many like uh, women commentators in the right wing sphere tend to, uh, you know, show up when they reach uh, age 28, 29, 30. You know, I, I wonder what that, why that is. Uh, hmm, yeah. You know, it makes one wonder. Um, anywho, though, I mean, of course, uh, Nimrata is still sticking around. She's sticking it out to the end. She's not going anywhere. <laughs> She's she uh, put down 12 men and there's only one man to go you know, like we covered last week. <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, Which well, there's only one response to that, and that would be shut up, silly woman. <laughs> <laughs> that that is that is already on my soundboard. That uh, uh, honestly, one of my favorite uh, memes of the entire Trump presidency. It's so good. <laughs> oh man. I wonder, like, are politics going to get so absurd that, you know, when the boomers finally decide to leave, which, you know, is another topic, like Mitch McConnell announcing that he's going to step down from the uh, uh, Republican leadership in the oh, fall yeah. year. It's absolutely you know. will, because we're going to live in the Beto O'Rourke future. Like, imagine a sea full of Betos everywhere you look. You know, that's got to be the future of uh, electoral politics. Well, do you guys, um, you know, of course, this is before uh, my time here, but do you guys remember like um, when Ronald Reagan would uh, go on TV and like uh, make speeches or something and occasionally he'd have like a whiteboard and a blackboard and he'd like point out uh, things like, uh, you know, with a pointer and such about statistics or whatnot to try and make his arguments. Can you just imagine like on a debate stage, like Trump has like a, a soundboard or something just like presses a button and his face comes off on the back and like plays the meme shut up silly woman <laughs> <laughs> well i don't wait wait uh that wasn't reagan that was that independent guy that was oh, uh, was Ross, well, oh, well it was, Ross I, I, it was yeah. kate ross perot yeah yeah uh, which uh, i remember i remember that um yeah i remember that uh that time as well and of course um i certainly remember reagan because he was you know he was bff with uh with uh, you know uh, our equivalent, Thatcher. who was Margaret Thatcher, yeah, yeah, yeah. So interesting times. And sadly, being... as a young man, uh, and sadly, I bought into that propaganda as as you know. Uh, and now, mm. of course, I, I have a very different assessment of, of Thatcherism. But uh, you know, it was a very powerful. It was a very powerful image. Uh, I would I would say. Well, I remember uh, around the time of uh, Brexit and such, I mean, I, I don't think I'm the only American here and no doubt there's a bunch of the chat here as well that kind of took a 
I guess you call it like a guilty pleasure uh, interest in how like British politics is conducted. And I'm not the only one who like would watch like a prime minister questions and such because it was just so foreign to us and seeing how it goes. But I just remember being taken aback how like they, they will just openly insult each other and like scream from the benches and yell at such. And it's just not how it is conducted in the American house. But no doubt as uh, things get uh, younger and younger because the boomers are finally finally going to shake off this mortal coil maybe something like that will uh change on the american side i remember uh we saw this uh something similar in australia when that chick basically said like uh okay boomer to one of the other uh you know like members of parliament over there or something <laughs> you know can you imagine like aoc starts having like i don't know a rap battle with mac oh Gates it's gonna go off <laughs> yeah it's gonna be going <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna be go off. It's gonna be go off queen moments for the rest of our life. It's gonna be at least on the democratic side. We're probably gonna have some. Uh, it, there's going to be. Uh, what was the name of the wheelchair guy that snuck in and said everyone? In oh, here Madison had, Cawthorn. Yeah, yeah, Cawthorn. We're gonna have some Cawthorns that generate funny clip moments for like the the right wing Twitter uh, Twitter sphere on uh, and on the left. It's gonna be go off queen in in uh in in the you know in the in the sacred halls of democracy so is he the one that was doing the naked wrestling with his bros substance to that effect he was like at a bachelor party and they were all like wearing like lingerie or something which is kind of weird because like he he really had to go out of his way to put that on because he's in a wheelchair you know so he really had to commit to that yeah but that was a hazing that was a hazing wasn't it uh, something to that effect you I, get I, the politics that you deserve i'm afraid well i just remember how like he when he lost his re-election bit he started going on like the conservative you know con inc <laughs> like a uh, turning point usa like media circuit and was basically coming in and saying hey guys guess what all the politicians are rabid sex addicts it's like no fucking shit man <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> uh. <laughs> I, I snorted coke off of nancy pelosi's tits Oh my yeah. God. Uh, no, no, he was. It was. Go, he was going on like it's eyes wide shut. You know. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and of course, when half of your legislature are octogenarians, you know, their their eyes are, are certainly wide shut half the time because they're <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, <laughs> uh, or they're just like shutting down like droids from Star Wars, like when Mitch McConnell has press conferences, <laughs> he just freezes <laughs> up like a deer in the headlights. You know? These are not the droids you're looking for, Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, so I, yeah, I, exactly. The, the day... uh, you're gonna have, no, it's, go you know, in ten years, it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be Representative Shaniqua and Representative Laquasha wrestling, wrestling. You're gonna have hair extensions flying everywhere, right on the floor of the U.S. House. Hair extensions. <laughs> the, they're gonna do like that hammer fist that they do in every single one of those like chimp out videos. <laughs> like they wind up and like hammer down on somebody else. <laughs> just no grace or technique in the fighting at all but uh yeah we get the politics we deserve but all right yeah, gents the, um, the, day, the day of the pillow cannot come fast enough yeah yep yep uh one day uh vox day will be uh, uh vindicated for sure you know uh he, he called this so long ago and he was totally right um all right gents moving on to our next story there has been an update, and no doubt um, uh, Hunger is going to have uh, more to say on this one than anybody else here, but there's been an update on the uh, Ukraine and Russia uh, war frontier. 
um, the Ukrainians have been a pushback from their uh, stronghold that we've all heard um, about, uh, what's it pronounced, Avdivka or Avdika, or uh, I don't know how if I can uh, pronounce it correctly, but Hunger, why don't you give us an update as to uh, what is currently going on with the uh, the Russians and the Ukrainians? Yeah, sure. Let me let me bring up my uh, my map one second very briefly, because the pronouncing these Russian names is so freaking complicated. And yeah, the, the visuals would help. Okay. So since, so this operation specifically started in about, I want to say early to late October after the very famous um, Ukrainian counteroffensive that has been hyped up for over a year, you know, that happened in, uh, in the beginning of June and lasted until the end of September. And as most people who follow the war know, um, total failure, total disaster. They made it maybe, I want to say like six kilometers, seven kilometers deep into the Russian territory and, you know, pit minefield, 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 trench, trench, trench. And that basically made no progress. They were supposed to drive all the way to Crimea, which was like over, you know, 80 kilometers away. And they only got, you know, seven kilometers down the road and was, it, it failed, it failed even greater, greater than most people had expected. And so that was a big deal. And they just tried for months trying to break through and completely failed by the end of September. And so the Russians, after after taking a small break, started their own offensive in the in the little city of Avdivka. And Avdivka is important for a lot of reasons. It's basically a suburb town of Donetsk. And Donetsk is the birthplace of you know the Russian spring, you know, the revolution in 2014 in eastern ukraine that was fighting against the maidan revolution you know this is the pro-russian territory and donetsk was the epicenter of the pro-russian revolution in the east after the cia installed you, you know what happened in 2014 everyone knows what happened in 2014 and so that's when the war kicked off in in the middle in the mid 2014. avdivka was very quickly taken over by the ukrainian military and has been held by the ukrainians for the past, you know, nine years, oh, 10, 10 years, actually, because it's 2024. For the past 10 years, it's been held by the Ukrainian military, and they have been using this position to shell Donetsk with everything, artillery, you know, multiple launch rockets, literally everything. This was, Avdivka was the knife at the throat of this giant Russian city, you know, that started the rebellion in the east. And October comes around, and they finally go on the offensive in this area. They, they had actually been fighting the entire time for the entire war. You know, they've been fighting in this area for over two years. And they finally made some progress, you know, after Ukraine had lost tens of thousands of men, equipment, all, the, all that jazz. They finally made some progress at, in October. You know, they started inching ever, ever closer. And then it all, culmin then it all culminated end of January, there was the beginning of a collapse in the in the military there. They had encircled it from three sides. And there was only one way out for the Ukrainians. And the Russian pressure was so strong, it eventually collapsed, you know, about two, three weeks ago, I would say. And ever since the city collapsed, this was the biggest fortification for the entire Ukrainian military. It, it was fortified over 10 years. You know, this was a fortress like an impenetrable fortress that the Russians took two years to finally crack. And so in the, in the weeks since the fall of the city, they pushed, they pushed the Ukrainians so far back, 
it's i want to say at least you know another 15 almost 20 kilometers westward and this has taken donetsk city out of artillery range and oh thank you for the map this has taken donetsk city out of artillery range of most of the ukrainian weapons and this makes it a big um jumping off point for future russian offensives you know if you want if you want more information on this there's a lot of good accounts you know uh jimmy thomas is a great account um aiden from uh, calibrated maps is also another good account so uh yeah, there's, there's a lot there's a lot of russia ukraine mappers out there that you can follow that gives you these updates but this is very this is it's kind of the beginning of the end because I don't. I don't want to say that. I don't want to say the war will be over soon. It's not. It's not going to be over soon, but Ukraine is not going to come back for this. You know, there, there's nothing. There's nothing Ukraine can do short of airdropping. You know, two hundred thousand American troops into Ukraine to save the situation. So this is basically. It's the writing is on the wall, and this is basically. It's it's all over from here. The Donet, the Donbass, which is Donetsk and Lugansk province, will be liberated by the Russians. And that will be a big strategic objective of uh, Putin. Hmm. Indeed. I mean, just looking at this uh, map right here and just seeing that tiny little spot in purple of the land that uh, Ukraine has uh, reclaimed here as it relates to the proportion of the entire front and then losing this some um, uh, crucial city right here. I mean, you know, many people in our circles kind of called this uh, relatively early on in the war that, you know, the, this was, you know, Russia's war to lose, basically, right? I mean, because we weren't going to have, uh, you know, American forces uh, actually on the ground uh, in this conflict. There's just no way. And I can only imagine that that is becoming less and less of a possibility in the wake of uh, something like um, uh, Palestine here, which honestly was like kind of like a huge gift to, um you know, uh, the Russians, so to speak, because now uh, everyone's got to go protect the, the certain group, right? You know, they're not going to be focusing on them as much as they would have been uh, previously. But um, no doubt our uh, our good friend uh, Charlemagne here will be doing uh, another in-depth stream covering uh, what is going on in this conflict here if people want to have another breakdown of that. Charlie always does a great job with um, Mandrel and, uh, you know, uh, who else goes on there? Um, uh uh, Marcus all goes the, on there and uh, Hunger. Yeah, Hunger and Semigo go on there as well. Uh, all those streams they, are they great. Did a, they did a space. Um, uh, all, I know Oliver, aka Semigo, Charlie, um, Marcus, various person X did a space. I don't know if they recorded it, but uh, several hours talking about this recent, these recent developments. But yeah, uh, I saw that. I didn't have a chance to uh, listen. So uh, yeah. maybe people should be on the lookout for uh, their Twitter as well uh, in the future here. But um, but Hunger, why don't you tell us um, what you have? Uh, you know, you're going on a, uh, you know, everyone's talking about the cigar bet with uh, Academic Agent and uh, Oran McIntyre. But I want to hear about the cigar bet going on with the uh, front of, with the Russian Ukraine war. So what have you got there? Yes. So uh, while um, Oran is destroying AA and wiping the floor with him uh, in their uh, in their in their cigar slam, I proposed um, about a month or two ago. I proposed uh, a cigar slam Ukraine edition, and it's a little complicated. It's a it's a three way bet between me, Charlie, and um, Raging Mandrel, and we all have our own different take of how uh, how of how the war will go on in the next year. And specifically, my prediction is, and I went out on a limb because I love the pro wrestling. Uh, I pre I'm predicting a a northern offensive and a southern offensive by the by the Russians. And while at by the by the end of summer, that's that's basically that's basically my prediction. And to make it to make it even even uh, more uh, interesting on my side, I also think there will be a ceasefire before the election. 
because you know this is this is a very long shot but i think biden needs a win and if he doesn't salvage the ukraine situation russia will take the whole board and so i'm kind of relying on the sanity and intelligence of joe biden which is <laughs> which is a horrible bet but uh huge mistake so, uh, there you, you huge mistake lol <laughs> yes yeah but, uh, but as we all know biden is not in charge Oh, no, you're so right. someone will make the decision. Yeah, Obama is shadow governing from the. I mean, I, I mean, at least that's what I've come to. Um, it, it seems pretty. Uh, it, it seems pretty self-evident to me that at least the Obama TM network is still um, is still deep in the administration as well as uh, all the bureaucrats that Obama installed. So it seems like the Obama consensus, if not Obama himself, is is what's ruling the day. It's like autopilot. But it's a it's an AI derived from Obama. <laughs> yeah, indeed, it does definitely seem like Obama's uh, tendrils are still in uh, the Biden administration. I, mean, I think it's obvious at this point. It, you know, I mean, we're definitely going to have to do a uh, retrospective on the um, Obama uh, administration uh, here as it's approaching. You know, uh, ever so closely, it's approaching ten years uh, since his presidency. I mean, like, uh, uh, gay marriage was overturned um, uh, ten years ago. Uh, was it later this year? It was 2014, right? Or was it 2015? I, I forget which year it was done, but you know, we'll definitely have to do a, a retrospective on Obama's legacy and how the Biden administration has basically done the exact same thing, but dialed up to 11. You know, I mean, there's virtually like zero changes. You know, a, a bunch of foreign wars, increase in immigration, the economy going to shit. You no, know, like, yeah, nothing, nothing different. Um, Alrighty. Uh, any more uh, things to say on the uh, Ukraine and Russia front before I get to some of these uh, super chats and we'll go on to the next story, Hunger? Or uh, Michael Pohl or D, do you have anything to comment on? Nope. Alrighty, very good. Let us uh, go through some of the super chats from our very generous supporters and then we will continue on. Um, $5 for um, uh, Hitman here. Uh, I hope you fine gentlemen have a wonderful time at the event in June. Uh, yes, we absolutely will. And again, uh, definitely make sure to uh, buy your tickets now and come down and uh, meet us. Uh, tickets are selling fast, uh, very, very fast. So uh, be sure to book them ahead of time and you will not regret it. Uh, I've met two of these fine gentlemen um, you know, before uh, in real life, uh, Hunger and uh, Michael Pohl. We always have a good time and no doubt we'll be having uh, more fun times and memories uh, in the future. So definitely uh, get around to seeing us. And of course, um, I, I as well um, will be on with um, a Hitman. We're gonna be talking about uh, masculinity and such uh, in the future here. I believe uh, it's this Sunday. If not, it's next Sunday. I gotta check one more time, but be on the lookout for that as well. Um, let's see. Next for uh, Bolero, uh, three nine three for five dollars. The entirety of of her foreign policy experience was due to Trump stupidly appointing her to UN ambassador. Curry girl boss <laughs> conservatism. Yeah, I do remember that. You know, and all like the conservative ink types, like uh, uh, Ben Shapiro. I remember at the time was talking about how Nikki Haley is my spirit animal, and I just absolutely love her. I will support her for forever. Um, so. Yeah, we know where her bread is buttered. Do you guys remember there was that, uh, I mean, we showed so many clips of her on this uh, show because of how awful she is. But I remember during one of the debates, of course, uh, you guys will remember, every time, every uh, 18 minutes you spend on TikTok, you become 17% more anti-Semitic or whatever she said, <laughs> if you guys remember that. <laughs> so, and yeah, weirdly, um, enough, weirdly enough, I remember a lot of, of specifically kosher curry houses. Um so maybe there maybe there is something to that i don't know yeah maybe there is a the, the, the indian defense brigade for israel is is legendary 
Oh, I don't have a lion roar on my on my sound effect board. That would be great to insert there. <laughs> the the, the India Israel Coalition lion. Um, uh. <laughs> I've just got a bu- I've just got a budget sprog hissing so. and uh, and you too can enjoy all of uh, d's wonderful sound effects if you uh, tune into any of his uh, cocktail hours where he has a whole soundboard and a backlog going miles long of various quotes uh, from many people in our spheres which i remember once a d brought up like a uh, a recording of me saying something i know i i can't remember when i was talking about this but it was some incriminating evidence (laughs) there are files yes there are files Anywho, uh, here we go. Paladin YYZ for some serious big money tonight. I love gold. $100. I love gold. <laughs> we love gold. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Nikki is a Hillary wannabe. Evidence of the declining generations. Compare what Nikki did to 12 guys versus what the Clintons did to 12 guys. Nikki's daughter will grow up aspiring to be like Kamala at the cycle descent. Whoa. Stinger. Man, uh, Paladin coming out with a zinger. No, I think uh, I think this is a very accurate summation because uh, Hillary... Um, yeah, you know, uh, well, yeah, yeah, we know what he, she does to dudes, you know, other than sucking, sucking their soul out, uh, through their eyeballs. Um, yeah, uh, Nikki Haley, I think does, uh, emanate a lot of Kamala energy, even though she probably hasn't explicitly, uh, sexed her way to the top, but I, I think that's pretty close to Well, to- well, don't count that out just yet, um, uh, Michael Pohl, because, uh, it did come out not too long ago that, uh, Nimrata, was ha- has been having affairs with her husband for years, you know, with oh. various staffers, if you guys will remember. It was all, like, at, at the same time, too. It all came out, like, all at once. It was, like, four of them all within a week. It was, like, Lauren Bobert getting uh, groped inside uh, uh, some, some like, play or something. Like no, that no, no. Democratic I'll have staffer. to. A movie I'll have, yeah, I'll have to correct theater. you. She was not getting groped. She was doing a lot of groping in there, okay? Let's, yeah, let's she get was that here. Yeah. It, was, it was it was at it was at a it was at a musical it was it was at a live theater event and for some reason they had an infrared camera pointed at her you know <laughs> I, I think it, i think it was all a setup i think it was all a setup. could be could be no could. it's the anti-hog cranking security camera they gotta know when someone's cranking hog in there man <laughs> well oh. she was also in the news this week too because apparently her son of yeah. course the father was not available for comment uh, her 18 year old son was apparently uh jacking into cars and stealing stuff uh out of them in uh back in colorado so uh she got in the news again and amazingly based fetterman came out and said it's uh uncouth for us to be talking about their family squabbles i've been through this you know people shouldn't be talking about you know other senators kids or anything so again fetterman mania is back baby let's go Fetterman. But I remember it was like maybe three or four months ago. It was all at the same time. We we covered it on the show at the time, but it was like a cavalcade of every single woman in American politics, no matter who it was, aside from Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And like the <laughs> same week, all of them were doing like a degenerate uh, cheating stuff. Uh, Christy Nome was having an affair with uh, Corey Lewandowski, the guy who famously worked on the Trump campaign in 2016 and punched a journal in the face. So uh, of that guy's fame, she was having an affair. Um, Marjorie Taylor Greene was having like uh, sex parties with her personal trainers and such. Uh, that was coming out. Uh, we had Carrie Lake who uh, was through a divorce uh, once again. And then we also had um, uh, 
God, what was her name? Uh, Gilbert, something like that, Christy or Katie Gilbert or something, who was running for the house in uh, Virginia and it leaked that she was having sex on camera with her husband. It's just, uh, we get what we deserve uh, with this. And lest we say it for the umpteenth time on this show, no women in politics. I don't care. No exceptions. Yeah. 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 Indeed. Um, but thank you very much, Emma Paladin, for the $100. You are the, the big winner for tonight, sir. So thank you very much. Um, Bolero393 for $2. Also press S to spit on Michael Haley, Uber cuck. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I was just describing. Yeah, I mean, uh, wasn't it uh, – she like even changed his name. It was like they were on a date or something, and Nimrata was like, I don't like that name. I, I think we could call you Michael. <laughs> it's like, my, how? My God. <laughs> unbelievable uh, uh pete budapest for five bucks in other news um rana romney announced this week that she will step down as rnc chair yeah i did see that um her thoughts on her uh, lackluster tenure delicious <laughs> oh my god yeah she's she's an, she's like job of the hut you know like razana badua you know it's just, uh what a what a vile woman yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's damn good that's really good mr d you need to yeah. put that on the space well you, well you guys know the the drama that uh went around uh back in uh 19 was it 83 that a return of the jedi came out feminists of course were up in arms at that scene when with uh princess leia of course uh strangling oh, yes. one of their own yeah the, <laughs> so. me the metal bra on a chain you know well i mean also what really set them off to is that um uh, she was seen strangling a feminist you know in that scene so you know absolutely <laughs> vile. <laughs> what was it what was the little uh what was the little what was the little thing oh salacious just crumb. Crumb. That? yes yeah <laughs> yeah that little muppet yeah yeah he looked he did look like a rizzo like from uh from the muppets a little bit yeah he's like a big version of one of the muppet rats yeah yeah interesting um alrighty and then uh Bolero I'll never forget how they ruined I'll never forget how they ruined it with the CGI. I can't get that out of my head. Oh yeah, it it's just it, you could totally tell like what stuff has been added on and what stuff is like the OG. You know, it, it's not seamless at all. Well, but George just can't leave his stuff alone, which in all honesty though, I mean, I'll take George his flaws and all over uh, what Disney has done to massacre Star Wars over the last decade. So uh sad indeed. Uh, but uh, Bolero three nine three again for uh, five dollars. Um, Haley's hair will be a status symbol for future scholarly senators. One Haley weave in the twenty first century will be worth twenty Comanche scalps in the nineteenth. <laughs> I'm imagining that scene in the Fellowship of the Ring where uh, Gimli asks for uh, three, uh, you know, uh, strands of uh, Galadriel's hair. You know, it's like, uh, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna do the voices, but yeah. yeah. Yes! She, gave, <laughs> she gave me she gave me three yeah yeah indeed and uh if people uh frequent mr d's uh, twitter spaces you may see um uh me do my golem impression you know which, is, which has been done many times he does, an so. act, he does an, a terrifyingly accurate golem yeah uh i will not repeat it uh here this is a family-friendly show so <laughs> i'm <laughs> carrying on all right we're all caught up um on to our uh next story uh ladies and gentlemen so a certain commentator on MSNBC by the name of uh, Joy Reid, who's been at least been around since the Obama administration. Yeah. Oh, uh, get that off my screen. Good. God. Yeah, I know. Well, aside from her staring, uh, stealing uh, Trump's hairstyle, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. What? I noticed that her hair is slowly turning it like a Trump. A Trump she's preparing. She's preparing herself to get on the Trump train. You know, for... <laughs> 
This is her announcement right here. You know what? The, there she is. She's the spokeswoman for Chip for Trump. Chip for Trump. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, here comes. Uh, all right. So let's listen to what Joy Reid had to say this week because she just can't keep her mouth shut. The United States has a population of north of 327 million people. Why do we need more kids? I mean, your party, Senator Tuberville, is the one screaming that 10 million immigrants, which I don't even know that that number even makes any sense because it doesn't, um, <laughs> screamed into the country since Joe Biden has been president. And you're claiming that that's too many people, that if more people come into yeah. Is that beat part of the original video? Please. No, tell that me was that Doug. Thing. That was oh. Doug. <laughs> Can you imagine? No. That's good. That's fantastic. Oh, man. Oh, uh, well, you know, I mean, first of all, her eyes are looking like they're going to pop out of her skull every time she, you know, she's got like, listen, you know, I know that I've got some issues with a vocal fry here and such, but for her, it looked like, you know, the eyes are going to pop out of her skull every time she was emphasizing the end of her sentences. It was just very, very creepy. Well, but uh, not to and mention. Also I noticed that, 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 did you, did you see that, that horrifying wrinkle that appears in, in between her eyebrows? She looks like a. I was a, I was a big fan of of Star Trek. Did you was he Worf? Was he a, was he a what, what that that race of uh, Klingon? Be, I think Klingon. Yeah, she, she she gets this big Klingon fold in her <laughs> on her brow. Ugh. Oh man! It, no, it's uh, I mean on the content. Uh, I'm judging her for the content of her character. Uh, uh, you know what she's advocating <laughs> for is uh, you know anti. Uh, well, first of all, uh, you know the primary critique is anti-civilizational, just because you know of course uh, you know uh, any pro-natalism whatsoever is uh, bad in her view. But the second point is uh, that the enforcement of of that that sort of social regime is of course uh, uh, it's up to the discretion of these sorts of people for whom that applies to, which is of course, uh, you know, uh, regular Americans, you know, uh, historical Americans, white dudes, you know, it's just, it's quite clear that there's like two uh, levels of critique where it's like one, uh, the the base critique that she's working from is that, you know, natalism bad. And then also it's going to be, she knows that the machines of politics will aim this at Midwesterners primarily. Yeah, you know, I just did a quick um uh, early life check on uh, Joy Reid. Um, anyone want to take a guess on uh, how old this woman is? By the way, uh, based on she's clearly had some work done. Anyone want to uh, take a guess? She's fifty seventy-two. Fifty-nine. She's fifty-five. Nine hundred years old. You reach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's fifty-five years old. Uh, I'm reminded of an old um uh, Bill Burr quote from one of his uh, comedy specials. You know, he's like, you never want to be one of the first people to get plastic surgery because you have two options. Do you want to be 52 and be looking 52 or do you want to be 52 and look like a 28 year old lizard? And <laughs> that's what <laughs> and that's what this woman looks like, a 28 year old lizard. But anywho, early life check. Uh, Reed was uh, Reed was born in Brooklyn, New York. Her father was from the Democratic Republic of Congo and her mother, a college professor and nutritionist from Guyana. So, uh, no, from Ghana. Sorry. Shocking. Yeah, yeah. So she's mm. very heritage American, indeed. Mm. Uh, but, but of course, you know, what actually spurred her to make this comment is uh, the discussion we had last week on this show very briefly about um, Alabama 
um, ruling that uh, any embryo counts as a uh, human human life. So uh, the uh, in vitro fertilization um, community in that state is up in arms about it because it basically outlaws their entire uh, industry, right? So, and now she's talking about, well, uh, America is uh, too full. We don't need to have any more kids, but let's just keep the borders wide open. We won't talk about that, which um, we've discussed on the show as well, that um, uh, in some months uh, last year, the immigration was so great that it was outpacing all natural births in the country. So we're actually importing even more people than births are actually happening. Yeah, well, we, I, we don't need more. We don't. We don't need more babies. We need more thirty-year-old Hondurans in the country. That's <laughs> that's what that's what we need. Yeah, there's a. Uh, I guess that's kind of like an interesting way to react to that uh, particular issue because, like, you know, I'm of one mind on the IVF uh, uh, issue, which is that generally sentiment uh, sentimentally, I'm against it just because of uh, you know I think it has a uh, a negative. Uh, uh, genetic pressure on the population generally, and also there's another critique by J.F. Gareppi um, that uh, that there's a possibility for, um, I guess, a a different mode of selection uh, to become prime, as opposed to uh, uh, primary instead of uh, sexual selection. But that's kind of like besides the point. We definitely we are pro natal. You know, like we could get into the minutia of like. Uh, you know, uh, is uh, IVF uh, good or bad? You know, that's for a later date because th this person, you know, wants no babies born except except for the ones that are born elsewhere and brought here, right? It's uh, it's uh, yeah, and of course, yeah, and of course, those ones that will be born elsewhere and then brought here are, of course, not going to be of the founding stock uh, American, of course. Of course not. Of course not. And of course, never mind the fact that 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 those all those brilliant new Americans that are flooding across the border. I mean, the first thing that they do after they receive their you know their welfare and their free phones and whatever is they start dropping babies left and right on oh, American soil. Yeah. Because I got my Obama and, phone, and now I'm gonna yeah, have I got a my baby Obama over here. phone, and I've got yeah. my anchor baby, and now we're gonna bring in you know the forty-seven abuelas from <laughs> Guatemala or wherever the hell they're from. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very odd. And also this spiel from Joy Reid is very odd, considering that if you look into the statistics of uh, of, of uh, her particular demographics. Um, they're shrinking. Birth, yeah. Well, they're, they're shrinking. But, you know, it is, it is a traditional avocation of, uh, again, women in her demographic to 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 have a lot of children, because, of course, it, it is financially beneficial in the in the welfare system oh i can see this kids. now working in the yeah. tax industry as i've switched over the amount of child tax credits that people get yep. you know if you're a, a single mother is just absolutely unreal i've seen people walk out of my office with ten thousand dollar tax returns it's a fucking oh, tax credits uh not to mention of course i mean you get increased uh uh in increased um i can't remember what they're called um welfare food allotments yeah um, food stamps you know, ebt you, yeah yeah exactly ebt yeah that's yeah. it um, and it, it grows exponentially again with the number of children you have in your household so you know this is striking right at the heart of you know of of, of unfortunately the black of female experience in america um uh, of course so it's very odd but uh, of course i think uh you know the the iterative if you want to do a um uh kind of a prisoner's dilemma um, you know, iteration on the immigration issue from uh, from just the 
the birth perspective like Joy Reid is is coming uh, coming from here. Uh, you can also see an issue where it's like you're trying to uh, catch a train that's out of control that's also going downhill, right? Because the the replacement birth rate of even the uh, of the second generation of immigrants, the birth for females, go down. So there's obviously like an environmental effect. So even even if there is a Machiavellian plan. Um, you know, not just for votes, but to but for uh, replacing a population that's more amenable to a different style of, or to a different form of government that's not uh, uh, doesn't have the capacity to you know be disgruntled as much in effective ways, right? Um, well, you're still going to then have to get more immigrants from other places. And in fact, the the out of control birth rate problem actually is still going to maintain. Uh, the same amount, uh, it's still going to be just as bad, if not get worse over time, right? There is an environmental issue here where it's like, oh, the oh, we're having enough replacement now to uh, make line go up. But that's also like, you're, no issue is getting fixed here. It's just try, it's just getting on a bicycle to try to trace, uh, chase the train. Yeah, indeed. You know, there's also kind of a, another interesting angle uh, to this story here that we haven't discussed yet, though. But when she's talking about, um, you know, we need to be having less kids, uh, it's interesting also given her um, uh, demographic and the proclivity for uh, women of her demographic to uh, have abortions at higher rates than uh, any other group in America, you know, which is also kind of interesting. It do happen. It do be happening. Yeah. Yeah. But of course, you know, absolute dullard, uh, horrible woman. Uh, got bad physiognomy, bad taste in plastic surgery, with a ridiculous take, and of course, uh, and 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 an existential enemy to all uh, heritage Americans, of course. But you know, I, I suppose the other angle here to take is, um, I will never ever end my eternal crusade against the horrible people like your. I guess they'd be adjacent to the intellectual dork web uh, kind of people who talk about how, well, let's have 1 billion Americans. America's uh, population density is only one person for every like 23 square miles. We have so much like uh, open land or whatever it is. We could fill in a billion people here. Let's do it. Line go up. Like, fuck you. America has way too many people already. Not to mention, you know, just from like an infrastructure perspective. But listen here. I like my wild spaces. I like my national parks a pioneering uh, industry that was invented by the by the Anglos, but perfected by Americans, this art of uh, conservation here. And I don't want to see anyone to cut down any more forests to take down uh, and replace it with low-income housing or those god-awful fucking windmills that kill many of my brethren, hawks and eagles included. Uh, I will tear apart each and every one of these windmills with my talons if I must. They are a great eyesore. They should be destroyed. Indeed. Yeah, if you want to look at your future, you certainly you can you can look at you can look at you know at my uh, traditional homeland, which is of course a, a completely littered with, uh, with with those abominations, and of course you know the the whole hue and cry was we just need more housing, we need more housing, we need to turn the green and pleasant land into endless endless tracts of housing for uh, you know for for new and old Britons alike, and you know this is the this is the neoliberal cause, you know, this is a Mat Matty Iglesias one billion Americans, you know. Uh, no, it's 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 absolutely horrible. And I, I certainly agree with you. There are far too many people in the world. I don't I don't want to I don't want to become one of those like 500 one of those. Well, uh, no, I, you know, but you know, you, I you was know. having a uh, I, this is a billions must 
billions must. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is a continuing theme. Uh, if people watch my uh, Wild Wednesday threads on um, Twitter, this is a very common theme that you will find in those uh, threads is that, um, huh, certain parts of the world where there are certain bug men involved have decided to basically eat all of their wild animals and their wild animal populations in all of their countries in the last 100 years. There's a theme going on there. And uh, it's just no, fuck off. I the wild spaces yep. are fantastic. They are. Yep. We are heralds of the wilderness, and we must protect these pl places. Yeah, nobody else is going to do it. Uh, there is a very uh, sad. Uh, there is a book by uh, P. O. Ackley uh, called Handbook for Shooters and Reloaders, and the the first you know hundred pages of that book are just letters he gets from. Uh, he's collected over the years from other sportsmen and, and conservationists. And uh, there was uh, one from uh, a big game hunter uh, in the 1960s, a letter that he got that he put in this book that was detailing like the need for conservation uh, for game in Africa because of that exact problem uh that, oh, that yeah. you were talking about red hawk i mean like it's it's i've something, seen it i've seen it both something... uh, on all three of my safaris in africa i've seen poaching every single time it's it's crazy how big the problem is over there it's wild right i mean the rest of the world i mean the only the only place in the world where uh conservation and forestry is taken seriously is north america canada and america the, those are the only places where any of these things are are taken are rigorously taken care of and and actually uh pro uh, proactively treated with the care that they need because we have so many sportsmen that that want this land to be preserved you know um you know outdoorsmen and, and sporting hunters like it, it's just it's a very it's a pervasive problem on every other part of the world and i will not eat the bugs damn it yeah absolutely yeah, you, I mean... brought, you brought up an important thing red hawk which is it, it does seem to be uh a peculiarly uh, a peculiar feature of anglo uh, of anglos and anglo americans as well this this sort of uh this sort of care and concern for conservation yeah, nobody mean, else does forget, it nobody no no one else in the world really you know i mean you get you get a few germans you get a few odd odd odd, odd people that japanese that, to an extent right but yeah, yeah. but uh no and and it, of course it is very important and and, and people people have, have have had the you know people have been deceived because because at a certain point the cause of conservation was associated with conservatives you know um it wasn't until the kind of the kind of takeover of well pretty much every issue in the world but certainly the issue of of, of conservation environmental concern by leftism to turn it into another a yet another leftist project you know to where you, you you know you get fat you get fat university students you know hurling tins of campbell's soup at at at, at great artwork you know yeah. I mean, that is what passes for environmentalism but you know originally environmentalism i mean it's associated very much with the with theodore roosevelt in, in your country and such so it used to be a concern of the of the of of, of the Con, uh, the constitutionally conservative type but uh you know again take taken over so i i do think that um it, it is it is something people should value as a as a very important part of our of our heritage and genetic predisposition yeah i mean uh teddy roosevelt set aside two million acres of land just in his presidency alone for national parks which is bigger than some european countries 
Oh, it, it, and, it's... and what did they do? And what did they do? They removed his statue from the Museum of Natural History that he New built. York. It was his museum. Literally, he created museum. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's such bullshit. Appalling. Appalling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Un unacceptable. But all right, let's move on to our uh, final topic here tonight. We're gonna have a little bit of fun with this one. So, um, guys. What is going on with this this product, Zin? <laughs> uh, now, I've heard this be talked about nonstop by our guys in our circles, uh, the Zoomers and such, about uh, Zin uh, tobacco products and everything. And we decided we ha finally had to address this topic because, funny enough, even in one of my normie friend circles, one of my normie friends was talking about, hey, I'm starting to use uh, this Zin thing. So it's like, all right, all right, all right, what, what's going on here? But this opens up a greater uh, topic into the discussion of particularly what we've seen in the years with things like uh, the legalization of uh, drugs, you know, such as marijuana, but also other things like, um, you know, opiates and um, hallucinogens and others, um, you know, and particularly in like states like Oregon and Colorado and such. But for some reason, they're continuing to outlaw uh, nicotine pretty much everywhere you go. It's constantly lionized, you know, uh, smoking cigarettes, cigars, uh, pipe, tobacco of, uh, of all kinds. You know, nicotine is like public enemy number one here. But for some reason, all these other drugs and narcotics are thrown right in everybody's faces, which uh, should tell you something. So, I mean, uh, I guess this is an interesting discussion about, you know, how everyone here is our proud tobacco smokers. So let's open it up. Yeah, Bron uh, Bronze <laughs> Pervert brought up uh, something very interesting in one of uh, his recent uh, uh, Caribbean Rhythms podcasts where he talked about this very thing, about um, uh, kind of connecting this to... Maybe like a little bit of repeat where, you know, they want they want you subdued and, and uh, you know, with a uh, with a opiate sensation for the rest of your life. It doesn't matter how you get it, if it's VR pornography or the actual substances you consume as as the point that he kind of laid out is like, yes, they want you on the McNuggies and the uh, and the uh, weed, you know, something that's a, a subduing substance because. Uh, it, it does make you an easier uh, populist to corral. Bread and circus. This is, you know, exactly something that that go. It's a concept that goes back for time immemorial, right? So I, I think this is definitely kind of the intuition behind the we hate anything that has a stimulating effect, or even kind of the uh, looking down uh, the nose at even like energy drinks and coffee. Like yeah, that's more of a uh, uh, the emergence of a social prohibition, but it's not uh, it's not the same thing with uh, the legal uh, constriction that we have things with uh, snuff, chewing tobacco, uh, you know, or even uh, what's his name? Uh, Chuck Schumer talking about uh, Zen is a pouch full of problems, quote unquote. Man, <laughs> go fuck yourself. Ah, that pisses me off so much. You know, and that basically got to the point like anything that's innervating, that's a substance that, uh, you know, you can take, right? But, you know, in the Bronze Age, that would be like, oh, that's fucking magic. Let's go to war because we have a secret weapon to use against the, <laughs> the Goths or something like that, which. Yeah, I like that point. So I am a proud tobacco smoker. Uh, I, I'm, I'll probably switch to chew like for good one of these days because, you know, I cough a lot in the morning. But, you know, I, I like the stuff. It's good for you. No, I mean, anything anything that suppresses anything that suppresses anxiety, anything that suppresses your appetite. So you eat freaking less anything that hand that suppress that anything that's stimulating. Yeah, that, that's that's basically that's point, you know. I'm not a member of the OGC. My 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 local chapter is not set up yet, but I know for a fact the OGC stands for Big Tobacco. 
Let's go. Yes, we absolutely. We'll, we'll even chill for Big Tobacco if they want to support the show. Uh, we won't even have to lie about it either. <laughs> as being as being the elder here, first of all, hang on. <laughs> oh, let's go. there you go. So, being the elder here, I've never heard of this Zin product. Um, you know, I, 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 I uh, and so I had to, I had to sort of look it up. I, I read a bit of an article. Um, this, uh, this article here from, uh, from Vox, which you sent. I could only get a few paragraphs in before I wanted to punch the world in the face, so I had to stop <laughs> reading it. Yes. Um, probably because I was hyped up on nicotine. You know, and made me violent and masculine. Um, no, but I, I, uh, I enjoy. Um, I've enjoyed tobacco products for a very long time. I, I, I smoke cigarettes. Um, occasionally, you know, I, I, I tend to be now more of a pipe and cigar, um, smoker. Um, but uh, you know, yeah, yes, I've always, I've always in, in, enjoyed them. Um, perhaps more moderately, you know, than than, than some, but um. And it is a very interesting question why that there, uh, you know, I think that, that it, it's it's not only the, the the sort of effect these substances have on people, but it's also their association. I I think that you know there is this such a pervasive mindset on the kind of the broad left that anything that is sort of associated with tradition at all, anything that's sort of associated with the old way, you know, it's very much the kind of the 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 you know the Maoist you know the olds versus the new uh you, you know that there's almost a kind of you know, you know just automatic uh, uh, negative response to it i mean you know even though of course there's just as many dirtbag leftists who who smoke and use various nicotine slash tobacco products but uh, you know it is this sense where you know we want to promote things that that are kind of countercultural there's this still weird hanging on there's a still weird like countercultural taint you know to 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 the kind of larger leftist product project but i think also michael paul made a good point is that you know the effects of these drugs are certainly also also a problem um, you know marijuana makes people you know and i'm famous i, I famously once on uh, when i was talking to jay burden on his show uh said that everyone should you know you should just if you you know marijuana is degenerate stop using it and just start using heroin if you want to be a druggie if you want to be a drug addict, then be a real man and just start using heroin. You know? because, because what happens with marijuana is that it gives, it gives it, first of all, there's this entire culture of, of, of like phony mysticism surrounding it, you know? And yeah. then, and then of course, it's, it's given all these attributions of kind of health benefits. And then it, again, it gives people the frisson, you know, it's, it's, there's a line in, um, there's a line in uh, Woody Allen's, Annie Hall, where he says, ah, marijuana, it gives uh, white women the illusion that they're Billie Holiday, you know, there's this idea that marijuana associated with the kind of, you know, black jazz musicians of the 1930s and 40s, you know, it, it, it sort of makes people feel exciting and countercultural. And no, it, it just makes you a lazy, passive dirtbag, you know, and, and, and of course, which is why our elites love it so much. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm all for it. I mean, if you want to enjoy the, the stimulating effects of and, and relaxing effects of nicotine, it's a, it's it's strangely has both. Then then go ahead. Um, I don't well, know about this Zin thing, but uh, you know, yeah, well, fuck up a heater. Yeah, I guess the the. 
the marketable thing about Zen and why everybody's attaching to it is, you know, it's basically chew, but you don't have to be carrying a spittoon around with you everywhere you go. Well, I'm going to counter signal that right off the rip because um, I find with uh, uh, it, no matter if it's pouches, chew, chaw, or, or Zen, no matter what, if I don't, I get hiccups. I get hiccups like a motherfucker with the, uh, with the tobacco list stuff um uh if i don't swallow so i i i don't know you know uh your mileage may vary but uh, i still have to have a spitter even when i'm using vagus vagus nerve stimulation probably yeah i got a sensitive vagus nerve you know you certainly do so um, you're so you're a, so you're a spitter and a quitter hey? i'm a spitter and a quitter yeah, and yeah yeah no it's uh Oh, I'm shit. a proud swallower. <laughs> swallower. Oh, <God>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, get your mind out of the gutter. Um, also, I, I'm, I'm curious, of course, that there's also the issue of um, va- vapor-producing devices. You've got yeah. to be very careful, by the way, on YouTube, saying saying the word, that, that, that the shortened word that's associated with that, because they're very uh, stringent about that. So to be careful saying... Uh, right, right. Mr. D, that, that was that was going to be my exact point. You know, uh, speaking speaking of return to tradition, I, I see a lot of you know people younger than me doing the VAPE, and it it drives me up a freaking wall. I'm just like, be just be a just stop being a little bitch, be a real man, and buy your first pack of cigarettes. Like American <laughs> spirits is everywhere. I'm just like, stop being a little bitch. If you're gonna you know. smoke, if you're gonna do tobacco, do it right. And you also look cool when you do it, so you know there's that. Yeah, I I don't know about the the vape thing. I've I've never liked. I mean, the same with Zin. There's there's something a bit sort of clinical and chemical about it. Like you know, there's something very like leather armchair and you know glass of bourbon, you know dusty Moroccan bound books about like traditional forms of taking tobacco well, you know it's you funny know, you it... mentioned that d because the same kinds of uh people like uh you'll see this all the time with like uh well the daily wire is famous for this like their their backstage events where they put on like the allure of like a masculinity traditional masculinity where they have like the wooden backgrounds like they're in the yeah. cabin and they've all got their cigars and everything and you see this with like manosphere grifter types all the time too like they're always like sitting out on a balcony with sunglasses on looking over like a city and they're smoking a cigar and deep in contemplation or something you know so like it's like a it is a signal for traditional masculinity but there's also like people who will grift off of that at the same time and i guess you would i guess you could kind of call it grifting from the right but that's not really what it is you know it's different than the way the left would grift off of it right saying like oh anything like traditionally masculine is bad you know but it's like almost on this other side of the coin you have guys that will use those uh images and such for their own personal ends well yeah be, i mean because, day, basically because, yeah, because it's a symbol of belonging to to a group you know i, I mean I, of course and certainly young men i mean this is what humans do i mean human you know you, you you when you join a group there is sort of initiation and there is an expectation that you will then begin to sort of don the attributes of that group whether it be you know so a, a sort of specific kind of political group of friends that you have or just the larger sense of of trying to you know certainly for a young man today trying to fit into a, a you know or, or trying to to take on the traditional sort of role of of a man in western society so i mean even though it's very and, and you know i've certainly been around enough you know young conservative men you know with with badly fitting poly blend suits and cheap cigars 
you know. <laughs> but I, I mean, again, you can't begrudge, you know, people for, for you know, sort of trying these these things on because that's just what humans do, you know. Um, so I mean, yes, there is certainly grift in it, you know. I mean, there, there was something about Rudolph Giuliani during the the the, the Trump the 2020 election cycle of him selling those cigars that seemed just very, seemed very, very was that, grifty. Was that, that was in like, between uh, him making appearances on TV, sweating like the pilot in Airplane? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the pilot in except with hair dye running down his face. Yeah, I mean, it, it was not not a great look. I mean, we also, of course, I mean, another thing that I love very much is is is, is coffee. And, you know, then, you know, so I, I, I was walking around my new favorite shop, which is Walmart. Um, and, <laughs> and I'm only half, I'm only half joking there. But I look up and there is a big row of black rifle coffee. And I'm just like, oh, uh, no. Oh, now they yeah. traitors to Kyle Rittenhouse wouldn't even stand up for him. Oh, like well, the most I mean, clear this, case in the world. Exactly. That was so disgusting, you know. And of course, then, I mean, you know, the, the, there's also the, the kind of side issue that they seem to like to put on high heels and make up a lot, all those gentlemen involved with Well, that. yeah, I, I, and also, like, coffee culture has been, like, the center of shit livery for the last 20 years. Oh, you know? absolutely. You know, like, ground zero wonderful. for it. You're always going to find, there's where, where there's money to be made and status to be, be, to be accumulated, you're always going to find people who are, who are going to be, you know... Um, avaricious and, and and willing to sort of grift but uh have you ever been I, to I don't a coffee know. farm I mean, d what have you ever been to a coffee farm i went to one once i, I have been i have been i've also been to to a tea plantation you know fa fascinating things but but of course it's the alkaloid i mean it's the same alkaloid we're after just as we're after you know the alkaloid in in all these other products but whatever they may be um but i i just think you know it's fine this is one of those articles. Going back to this this miserable article, I I I, I challenge anyone to try to read this without wa wanting to punch the world in the face. Yeah, it's, it's very difficult, which is why we're not reading through it on air. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just one of these things. It's like I, you know, I've got a deadline. I've got to write something. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to shit on men. I've got to shit on conservatives, Republicans, right wingers, whatever. How am I going to do that? Oh, I'm going to write an article, and I'm just going to link everything I can to like this this nicotine product i mean it's just stupid if you if you want to do it then do it if it makes you feel good if it makes you feel relaxed it makes you feel a part of of, of some tradition then 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 bloody do it i i think the zen thing uh, well the zen phenomena actually goes down a little bit deeper though than than it's it's lindy to use nicotine right i think it goes more to something uh uh, kind of like a a, a kitsch uh, aestheticization uh, of politics in the Zen represents a, a certain thing, which is, uh, I, I think is the subconscious understanding is like, no, I won't uh, be the dope that's smoking dope on the couch all day. Instead, you know, I'm going to pop a Zen and I'm going to focus on something, right? So it's actually the aesthet the Zen uh, is kind of the sign that relates to the signified, which is like, I actually want to do things. I don't want to be a lazy schmuck, right? So it's it's actually the aestheticization of that, which is associated with being right-wing coded because like being productive, you know, paying taxes, you know, all the normal stuff that that poster from whatever museum said is like, you know, white supremacy ideology and all that stuff, all that, you know, normal good stuff, that's right-coded now. 
So it's actually kind of leaning into the aesthetics, the, the aesthetics of the new aesthetics uh, that's kind of like fake of a conservative politics. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I, I'm saying that's good. I'm on the Zen train. You know, I love it when shit lives fucking mauled about you know me taking popping us in i'm gonna double i'm gonna double upper decker in front of them and just walk away and do get my work done and you know get paid lots of money you know have a you. whole carton of cigarettes i'll yeah. have a whole damn carton i'll smoke it like a damn harmonica i don't give a shit <laughs> i don't scare man no no you're not you're, you're not wrong i mean this is like one of those instances like the woke are more correct than the mainstream i mean these these people have an ant smell like they can they can pick out things that like you're not you're not smoking the weed. You're not you know indulging yourself. You're not getting the munchies and getting fat and all that stuff. Like they they know they know these are not these are not for their people. Well, it's like those headlines you see all the time. It's like, is your son lifting weights? He could be a fascist. <laughs> <laughs> is your son playing video games? Your your son your son eating meat? Yeah, you know on the on the video game thing. You know, real quick. I know. Uh, Prudentialist uh, is coming out with an article on his Substack tomorrow about uh, Hell Divers Two, which is basically Starship Troopers, the video game, and it's just it's fantastic. I've been I'm enjoying playing it with some of my uh, normie friends right now, and it's just it's such a great joke because they're joking about like American style patriotism, and here comes democracy as your character throws a grenade down a hole for bugs and a bunch of lefties on Twitter. In coincidence with the Starship Troopers discussion that's been going on, of course they're defending the bugs as always, you know. <laughs> So well, exactly, yeah. you got to def- you got to you you got to be against everything that is, is traditional and good, and you've got to be for everything that is corrosive, degenerate, gen- gen- degenerated, and disgusting. Yeah, yes. I'll tell you this. An- they- okay, it's anti-life. It's anti-civilizational, and, and that's that's what it's become. You know, I'll I'll tell you this much too. I mean, and we've definitely talked about this on your Twitter Spaces before, D. But the fact that you walk around basically any street corner today in any city that's like with more than a thousand people in it, and it just smells of weed everywhere you go. It's like you at least have the fucking decency yeah. to smoke in your own house instead of just like polluting the and air with everything. But they can't go. even do yeah. that. No, and and of course, I mean, there are there are these dispensary places everywhere you go everywhere. in America now. You know, and some places even worse than others. You know, and, and of course, it's not even. Good. I mean, they're not even good marijuana. You know, this this fucking skunkweed stench that well, floats around. Mister mm. D, it's even worse than you even think because a lot of these dispensaries and head shops, it's it's not just it's not just the fake weed or the Delta Eight weed or the whatever you know type of you know endocannabinoid like the new flavor of endocannabinoid. BS that's actually legal via the farm bill or whatever. They actually have street legal psychedelics and stuff in there. Like we are three years away from having like a mass schizophrenic outbreak because like all of these drugs, you know, um, if you have a, a, a genetic predisposition to have a psychotic or schizophrenic break, they uh, like weed especially eggs that on. So, I mean, it is only going to get worse and worse as we enter or, as we it's definitely it's definitely not uh i i don't i don't think it's a bunch of heritage Amer- uh, americans doing this it's it's mostly imported you know from manufacturers that make uh uh that make these chemicals in uh china like there's a there's a big problem with um 
uh, uh, even illicit uh, Chinese drug, not just the the legal stuff coming into uh, Philadelphia, a drug called Trank. And there's actually like yeah. there's hit squads going back and forth. I mean, a lot of this uh, is a sign of the amount of chemical warfare that we're subjecting ourselves to or we're allowing ourselves to be subjected to and our leadership is allowing between china and the cartels right it's a yeah open bloodbath in our streets whether it's from the drugs itself or from the the gangs that are actually doing it right instead of just smoking a cigarette yeah but this is what happens you know and of course i i have i'm you know i have long had a broader thesis that part of what has driven basically the the dis- dissolution of civilization over the past, you know, half century or, or a bit more, is that almost, I mean, a ma- certainly a majority of people in the in the West uh, at least, and 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 elsewhere probably as well, are on some manner of pharmaceutical products, and most often on a whole panoply of pharmaceutical products, and of course also it became normalized. No, you know, it was normalized in the in the in the mid the mid set the mid twentieth century uh, to use you know recreational substances of 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 all kinds. You know, I mean, if you want to know like what happened in the nineteen seventies, I mean, all you have to do is look at how quickly during that decade um, that the use of um, drugs, you know, the recreational drugs, and the use of pharmaceuticals spread across America, across the entire West, you know. And so now, I mean, at the point where, where we're at now, there are so many psychotropic pharmaceutical products. There are so many pharmaceutical products of all description, combined with, of course, a huge number of synthetic, semi-synthetic, and natural recreational drugs of all sorts. And you mentioned China, of course. I mean, the number one um, deadly product that they're using as a form of chemical warfare is fentanyl and and you know unfortunately it is heritage americans who are paying with their lives you know un- because unfortunately it it is often the kind of dissolute dispossessed white american males uh, who who again have have been driven out they they've been priced out of any sort of of of, of market for a home they have lost their jobs because of course the globalization of of manufacturing uh and so you know it, it, it you get, they get trapped in this cycle of despair and where do they turn they turn to the same place everyone else in the, in the modern world turns is to soma you know to, to to dope themselves into oblivion and and of course our enemies you know the regimes that control us at the moment w- like nothing more than to tend to watch heritage americans succumb uh to, to, to these dangerous pleasures. So so you know it's certainly a double a, a, a double-sided coin, you know, uh when it comes to 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 kind of the broader implications of of stimulants or you know depressants or whatever, you know. Um and uh, and and sadly I just think we're so awash in mind-altering chemicals of all sorts that uh, you know we're we're mad. Our civilization you know... is mad. You know, D, on the subject of all these, uh, you know, prescription drugs that everybody is on here, uh, my mind, you know, I often wonder about this topic, but one of the first uh, crops that mankind ever, you know, domesticated, I guess you'd call it, uh, it was tobacco. 
and it's been with us literally since the beginning of agriculture. And I, I question the validity of, you know, excessive tobacco usage automatically results to the spike in all the cancers that we've seen when at the same time when we've been having these spikes and God knows what number of uh, illnesses and such is also at the same time when everyone is getting pumped full of pills that are not actually found in nature and such. And so I wonder if this is just another angle that people take, you know, I mean, uh, I find it very skeptical that, you know, something we've been yeah. using for thousands of years like this is just inherently horrible for you. It, it doesn't yeah, seem to it, work with me. Difficult to say. And of course, I mean, the main danger with, with, you know, the use of tobacco is, is not so much the tobacco itself, but it's the fact that of course, that, that, you know, the traditional delivery system is, 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 is by, you know, burning it, you know, and of course, you, you know, um, um, receiving the nicotine through through the, the products of combustion you know and it, it of course is the products of combustion that cause the you know the health problems at least most of them uh i mean the same issue with marijuana of course because because many people are using it not by sufflation or anything but they, they're burning it they're smoking it and that combustion is also is also got it's fraught with the same issues you'll never hear about them they don't mention that because you know of course it's magical magical properties that to get rid of all that, you know, but uh, no, I think you're right. It is very difficult to tease out, um, you, you know, ca cause and effect here, because again, throughout the 20th century, there, there's just been a proliferation of so many substances that we're exposed to. It would be, it's just very hard to say which one of them or which combination of them are responsible for, for, for kind of ill health. I, again, I just think with, with everything, I mean, life is a, is a, is a, is a risk. And you, you, you know, a, a mature man understands the risks and rewards and makes and makes decisions based upon them. You know, uh, it, you just can't live in a bubble of safety, you know, because you're still going to die. Um, so, so, you know, again, mm -hmm. risk, risk, and, risk and reward. But, uh, yeah. but I will also say, I mean, also just one more thing before I forget about um, tobacco, of course, is there is some to me, always something magical about the fact that tobacco is in the same family as chilies, as hot chilies, as tomatoes, as aubergines. Uh, huh. They're all sol solanaceae. They're all nightshade plants. Uh, and and I think there's I think there's some vast <laughs> there's some vast divine uh, divine inspiration there. You know, all of these wonderful things are all part of the same. The same wonderful family and also of course also part of that family again nightshade you know are, are things that can, can knock poison. you out very yeah. quickly so uh anyway but um zin whatever if you're if you're a zinner you know just just own it <laughs> forgive me lord a sinner a zinner yeah, <laughs> yeah um, forgive me forgive me lord for i have zinned uh, well uh, also in... i look at zin is a swedish it was a swedish company strangely enough huh. well no uh, that doesn't surprise me at all because the the history of of smokeless snooze. tobacco is is immediately uh dry snuff uh, came from the Americas uh, back to uh, various Swedish and French courts. Um, and then uh, there was a princess, I can't remember her name, but she went absolutely bazoinga freaking bonkers over the stuff. And so the, the tradition of, of smokeless uh, tobacco production is, is taken up mostly in the Nordic countries with uh, snus. You know, real snus, Swedish yeah. snus is 
amazing. And also dry snuff. Yeah. Dry snuff is, and, is also great. Exactly. If you want to LARP, you've got to put on your 18th century American colonist clothing and, and have a nice snuff box and, and put some on your head. And there you go. I love snuff. snuff. Indeed. So uh, from from all of us here at the uh, OGC supporting uh, Big Tobacco, uh, feel free to send us a check your way and uh, you know we'll start uh, shilling uh, products. Indeed. Nobody else is going to do I it. I love Philip uh, Morris. <laughs> well, I mean, you guys ever see those old commercials of like Fred Flintstone uh, smoking like American spirits and talking about, like endorsing cigarette brands? Yeah, it was. It, it was it, he smoked. Yeah. He smoked. I, I just watched that recently. Uh, one of those recently. He smoked Winston. Yeah, with Winston. Yes. Good, like a cigarette. It should. Yes. <laughs> uh, hilarious. Well, uh, gents, uh, in conclusion here, uh, go and do masculine things. It's good for you, and uh, fuck everybody else who bitches about it. Uh, no, good night, everybody. We're gone. Yeah, you know? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, let's go through the remaining super chats here, and we will conclude for the evening. Um, Marcos five eight eight for uh, fifteen dollars. Uh, did you guys catch that Chad Italian general, their chief commander of ground troops, who called a black volleyballer intellectually and phenotypically non-Italian? pity they're led by baloney um i did not see this but uh good for that guy unfortunately it's not going to stop the invasion of boats uh into his country and once again uh have we not learned at this point you don't put women in positions of power come on oh we'll learn every time yeah one day we'll learn um uh, Bolero, uh, 393 for $5. Um, Anglo and Anglo-Americans could serve the world because they discovered it and could fully appreciate its beauty. Madison Grant knew this. Yep. Yeah, this is very true. Very true indeed. Um, let's see. Uh, Seasider, one of our strongest uh, soldiers for $10, sends a salute as he does every week. Thank you very much, sir. And um, Luthemplar, uh, yeah, for 5 bucks. America's fertilizers are radioactive. The leading cause of tobacco lung cancer is the radioactive materials and not the tobacco itself. I could totally buy that. Um, I, I, I have heard this theory. Um, I, well, I... I, I I subscribe to a different theory is that uh, the actual uh, uh, incidence of cancer causing rate is just made up uh, it, itself because if you look at the original studies that were pointed to during the the big show trials uh, when uh, big tobacco Philip Morris was on show trial for uh, the cancer issue um, the I mean smokeless tobacco got uh, ringed into the same uh, studies and they were quite ob- a lot of them were quite obviously fake. Uh, for instance, the only uh, study that uh, was used to rope in uh, smokeless tobacco was uh, was a study of a single town in Virginia, and only the women of that town who were also only using dry snuff. So there was a bunch of statistical uh, shenanigans going on with uh, with a bunch of that uh, with a bunch of the studies that they were pointing to during the show trial process that eventually led to the banning of uh, our you know, the, the filter, uh, the mandatory filter stuff. And then also the, uh, bans on advertising. I, I, I don't know. I've heard it go both way where there's, uh, it's the, uh, chemicals that are mandated to be, uh, treated on the cigarette paper itself. I, I've heard a lot of this argument, but I, I haven't heard anything convincing of any of these arguments. Let me give you a tip for, for all the younger people out there don't what the the minute you start wading into like well well i've got studies that say oh i actually it's not the tobacco it's the radio you know it's radioactive glyphosate you know 
uh, no, no, it's this, that's not, we've got, we've got counter study. Don't wade into that Maya. Just say, I don't care. I like smoking and I'm going to smoke. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll never I mean, be able to get rid of the aesthetic at least because like yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean it, it's, just, it's cool just, just don't just don't, uh, don't argue with people just say you know fuck you fuck you you know mm. is exactly what you should say because the minute you start trying to do these little like you know su you know kind of studs like warring studies you know citation please you know you you you, you seeded ground to your enemies you know D don't engage in that sort of argumentation you know sort of try to find a kind of super argument above that you know that, that, that just blows that kind of niggling away because uh, it, it just it's just not going to work because again as you say these these things are all they're all there are flaws inherent in 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 all of these these sort of things and and we don't know and and again again what you could you could not smoke at all you could engage in every healthy behavior that's been mandated since the beginning of time and you're still going to get cancer because cancer is just inherently part of the way our cells divide it is just unfortunate an unfortunate byproduct and it's going to get you whether you're healthy or not probably you know so um you know i i just advise people you know just it's just don't, just don't get into it when people whip out the whip, whip out the studies you know just 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 say fuck off and go and have a have a cigarette <laughs> indeed i mean i guess the final thing to say on this topic is you know just how much it's changed in such a short period of time as well i mean i bet you there's a bunch of guys uh like zoomers in the chat here who won't really remember a time when you know, i mean when i was growing up you could still smoke indoors and they didn't get rid of that until obama's first term well yeah, well, yeah you could smoke on airplanes uh yeah i re certainly remember that and you know and, and, and so strangely in america it, it, it's it's kind of wonderful because you can actually buy tobacco products that have like like they're old, the old artwork on them and the label in Britain yeah. now. When you buy them, they're in this this horrible sort of baby diarrhea colored colored box. I've seen it. They, with like they have a, pictures of a, black lung. Yeah, with a big picture of like a oh. lung, you know, a kind of a diseased <laughs> lung or or a corpse, you know, uh, you know, a, 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 or you know, a, de a dead fetus. No, I mean, you know, that's um, that I mean, health and safety nightmare. But you know, it. I mean, you you've got warnings in America, but it's nothing like like Britain. So, uh, yeah. God, long housed, long housed those, everywhere. Those things don't work. They they also don't work. You know, no no one no one gives a shit. So. Indeed. Well, uh, that is us all caught up on the super chats, and that brings us to the conclusion of tonight's show. Uh, so, uh, Mr. D, do you have anything to promote, sir? I have nothing explicitly to promote. Or oh, someone mentioned being on. I mean, hit. Hitman is is just an absolute mercenary getting getting guests because I'm also going to be appearing fairly soon on his channel again to talk about uh, Anthony Van Dyke, the uh, the 17th century um, painter. So uh, so, but uh, I uh, will I will tweet that out when I have more information about it. Otherwise, if you like and you'll find yourself up in the middle of the night, you can tune in usually on Friday sometimes on Wednesday, sometimes other nights. Uh, on, on Twitter, I do these spaces which have been alluded to where me and usually Oliver, aka Semigog and, and Charlemagne and, and Mike of Pole here and, and Red Hawk sometimes, you know, all sorts of people pop in. Um, I mean, They're academic, really agent, has, They're very academic agent has even been known to pop in recently. So, uh, but well, yeah, but thank you. But if you want to listen to, to you know, to, to, to 
aging <laughs> to aging Gen Xers and and others, you know, just babble on in a completely embarrassing, drunken way, then you can certainly tune into those. And that's at my Twitter, which which you which you can easily be found. Oh yes. And thank and... you again for allowing me on the show. I I, I it's 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 been wonderful and, and thank you again. Well, thank you uh, very much, Dee, uh, for coming on. And uh, in a couple of weeks here, uh, your Twitter space on Friday is going to get raided by uh, the OGC crew again, uh, like we did not so long ago. So uh, uh -oh. be prepared. Be prepared uh -oh. for that, for more uh, musings <laughs> from the interior, from the entire Old Glory Club gang. So... Yeah, oh, speak, speak, and speaking. Well, oh, 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 you mean li a, a yes. live appearance? Yes. Amazing. I mean, yes. I, there there have been some weird, very weird things. I, I, for instance, who could forget when Radlib, <laughs> when Radlib came onto my space from from a closet into which he had backed Thomas Seven Seven Seven, and so Tom Thomas Seven 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 came onto my space. And Radlib's Radlib's way of introducing me, he's he's basically he said this. I mean, almost verbatim. Uh, Thomas, you can say hello to John D. He's a homosexual. Thank <laughs> 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 you, Rad. That that went over that went over very well, very well. Uh, and of course, classic. another another OGC it, it, person is that I even get visited by by this Doug person occasionally. Um, Ah yes, we, we, yes. We've never figured out the mystery of of, of Doug because he he comes on and he he doesn't say much, but when he does say it, it it's always quite annoying. Wait, is <laughs> so, it Doug? Is it Doug or the social media guy? I can never keep up between. No, no, oh, it's, it's, it's Doug. Oh, it's, no, it's, it's Doug. Many. It's it, uh, it, it, well, maybe others as well. I, I thought it. I thought it was Doug. I'm you know. Doug. <laughs> I'm Doug. I'm Doug. But I shall look forward to. To being raided by the old glory cops. <laughs> Careful with your words there. Yes. Um, all right. Wrong. Michael Paul, anything to promote, sir? Uh, no, I've got, uh, you know, half a series. Man, I really need to finish that. Uh, half a series and a bunch of my musical projects up on Odyssey. That's that's uh, Odyssey slash uh, Michelangelo of Pole. But otherwise, you know, I'm always on Mr. D's uh, uh, spaces. And, you know, it's I'm working on a Substack article, and that's... Uh, Michaelpol or yeah, uh, Substack or Michaelpol But that that's all I really have. Fantastic, and thank you for coming on. And I'm um, a hunger. What do you have to promote, sir? Uh, you could just follow me on Twitter at hunger die d y e. And um, uh, Mr. D, you you might be interested to know I will also be appearing on Hitman's channel uh, this Saturday. Actually, <laughs> so uh, he is uh, he's a wild man. This he's, guy. He's doing the, he is doing <laughs> the circus. Man, oh man. <laughs> Yeah. It, man, the way he's selling himself, he might be friend American. Of the channel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, certainly friend friend of the channel, but uh, no, no, he's 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 he does he he does good shows. So certainly people people should check out Hunger and and Very much. and basically every other content creator in us. Yes, <laughs> apparently <laughs> been on Hit Hitman's channel. Uh, Alrighty, well, uh, yes, for... I, just just lastly, I would also like to say, um, you're. The OGC's favorite hummus correspondent will be returning to the Middle East uh, in the near future. So you can also uh, follow me on Twitter if you want to look at that. Oh uh -oh. boy, boots on the ground, Ooh. live reporting once again from Durka Durkistan. Wonderful. Stay, stay yes. safe. 
friend. <laughs> Alrighty, and then uh, for myself, uh, check out the Old Glory Club Substack. Check out my own Substack. Check out my uh, Twitter, Red Pilled Hawk. Uh, Wild Wednesday is every Wednesday, so if you fancy some uh, knowledge on the uh, natural world, uh, go and look those up. Uh, people like those; they're fun. And uh, check me out on uh, Post Zero on uh, Jack Napier's channel on uh, Sundays, where me and a bunch of the other younger uh, Red Pill guys, you know, who actually try to stay on message, uh, talk about all manner of uh, masculinity and uh, pickup stuff. So it's a fun time. Uh, go find us over there. But uh, on, other than that, uh, get your tickets to the uh, Old Glory Club Conference. Again, the date is uh, June 7th through the 9th. Uh, tickets are on sale now. Go through uh, theoldgloryclub.com to uh, get your tickets right now, and we'll see you there in June. And we will be back once again for another show, same bat time, same bat channel, to pony up once again next Thursday. We will see you then. <laughs>